everybody and welcome back to the Rogue Agronomist podcast with Kyle from Stall Agronomy. And today we're going to talk about some interesting things, as we always do. So today I want to kind of bring up one question that I was asked literally every interview coming out of school. Uh, so when you're an agronomist and you are auditioning basically for jobs or interviewing, the first question or one of the first questions they ask you is, what is the toughest thing you've ever had to tell a farmer? So when I was in school, I had maybe three years, four years under my belt scouting fields and working with guys. Um, more often than not, I wasn't the guy bringing the bad news to the farmer. It was always the agronomist I was working with or somebody of a, uh, a much higher position than me being the intern. So I'm not entirely sure what my answer to that question was back in 2007, uh, but I can tell you from 2007 to 2021, I've had quite the experience. Um, I remember my first year in Wisconsin was 2008, uh, so 2008 we had the floods, and we had some very, very variable yields that year, uh, and then that was directly followed by 2009, which was kind of a disaster, if anybody remembers how cool and late planting here at least it was and we had 30 percent moisture corn and really light test weight just a lot of issues that year and then you know we've had 2012 um you had i think 2017 was a late planting spring uh 2018 was a disaster basically from middle of summer where we got like 10 inches of rain in august that year um, and then everybody was getting stuck in fall. 2019 was prevent plant. Uh, you, you pretty much named the year. And uh, we've been through just about everything we can think of. Feast, famine, and flood. But, uh, you know, beyond that, we always talk about, you know, those worst years. You know, I always talk about 08 and 09. I, I think, you know, obviously rattling off 08, 9, 12, 17 uh, 18, 19, uh, you can probably lump 2014, I think, into that was a wet year here. There, there's a number of years that, um, that I would say were interesting or at least, at the very least, uh, challenging for us. So when you add that up, you got 08, 09, 12, 14, 17, 18, 19. It's, uh, basically half the time in Wisconsin and there's a year, uh, that I, I wish I wasn't around for. And, I always say that, um, you know, if we are looking for weather that's normal, I'm not entirely sure what normal is because about half the time I wish it wasn't normal or I wish it was normal. And then the other half the time we have a great year. So what's 2021 been like? Uh, 2021 has been um, a lot like 2012. And at some points it's been a lot like 2014. Um I mean, we, we've been through some drought pressure and we're still dealing with that uh, to some extent as I'm watching the radar and recording this at the same time. Um, you know, we, we've had our challenges this year, uh, 2020. I mean, if you look at prices, um, you know, I had a major anxiety attack last year because of the pricing. Um, and then, you know, you look at weed pressure after prevent plant the year before, it's just been a nightmare. So when we move into 2021, if you take the, the drought stress we've been dealing with, and then you exacerbate that with the fact that we were spraying when it was 90 degrees, humid and dry as a bone, basically, um, we've had a very challenging spring and summer here now. My entire last two weeks has been scouting soybean fields. And for 
lack of something better to do, which I have tons of better things to do than scout soybean fields that were sprayed two weeks before, we are seeing probably the worst escape of water hemp I've seen in maybe my career in Wisconsin. I would say, I think 2016 and 17 in uh, our farther southern counties that I've dealt where I work in, they've dealt with it since probably 16 or 17. Um, we've kind of figured it out down there. We're not still not quite there yet. Um, you know, we we've spent a lot of time working on what are we going to do? What do we do with uh, when we are dealing with water hemp? I think the nastiest realization of all this is we can't get back to where we were before. So I always talk about guys wanted to spray when they were quote unquote pop can high. So, you know, four to six inches tall, that's when we were spraying soybeans. Well, that's kind of something we can't get out of guys' heads. So there's three different scenarios that I kind of been going through this year. So scenario number one is we got a really good pre-emerge herbicide down. Now, when we came back to spray post-emerge, guys wanted to wait until the beans were quote unquote pop can high. So regardless of the fact that we had six, eight inch tall water hemp out there, we were waiting for this pop can high mythical thing. And I had guys literally tell me, don't scout my bean fields. You don't need to scout those yet. I want you to make sure my corn's perfect. So we we left the left the beans to be scouted. When I come back, we got foot tall water hemp or uh, bel- bel- leaf. We got foot tall lamb's quarter. We've got uh, probably foot tall water hemp also out there. And now we're trying to kill them, and it's really dry, hot, and we have a mix of enlist and extend. We have, um, you name it, we can't spray anything but glyphosate, a PPO, and that's pretty much it. Or ALS, which ALS is not going to do anything for water hemp. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is I didn't put a pre down, but I came back very early post and I tried to go out with a PPO and glyphosate. And I put uh, warrant, whatever it is with it, uh, for residual. And I didn't kill the water hemp because they were, you know, foot tall. So now we're sitting in the same boat. We've got maybe a blend of trades out there because they bought from two or three different companies. And some companies only sell enlist. Some companies only sell extend. Uh, then you got companies like us that sell both. And it's just kind of been a nightmare. So we're in the same boat, right? We got foot tall water hemp that didn't die. We have already used a PPO. What are we going to come back with? Maybe another PPO because that's our, our only situation. And now we got number three. So number three is I put a good residual down pre. And now I came back with Roundup and Enlist and nothing else. And now I have water hemp still coming in my 20, 30 inch beans. Now what do I do? Do I go back out with another passive Enlist? Uh, do I go out with Liberty? What do I do? My beans are already in R2. So we're off the label on pretty much about everything except for maybe Enlist. And uh, yeah, so we're kind of in a tough boat there. Um, and there might be a creepy scenario number four where somebody sprayed Extend or they have Extend beans. They didn't spray Extend. And it's July 6th and the Extend label ends on June 30th and or 45 days after planting, and we planted in April, and it's July. So we're kind of screwed pretty much every way we go, right? Um, yeah, we're, we're all screwed, <laughs> and that's 
It's the easiest way to put it. So when we talk about what's the toughest news you had to tell a farmer, uh, I think the toughest news I've had to tell a farmer is there is no way we're going to kill this post-merge without using X product, but we're off-label. And, you know, we're kind of sitting here with a blend of enlist and extend traits, and we can't kind of figure out which one's which and where. So we're kind of screwed. We've already sprayed PPOs, and in some situations we sprayed Flexstar. Then we came back with Cobra. And we have exhausted our options. Now what? So I had to tell a guy the other day that, um, in, in my best professional opinion, I think it's a waste of money to go out with Roundup and Cobra. Um, I think we should come in here with Steel. And the reaction I got was somewhat surprising to me, at least. But the reaction I got was, Steel, is that a new kind of herbicide? And I said, no, Steel like a cultivator. He goes, yeah, but what's this steel stuff? Is that, is that a new herbicide? I said, no, it's like metal, as in you're going to go out and cultivate your soybeans. And that's pretty much where we're at, is we're going to try to knock this stuff out as best we can with actual steel. We're going to go in there and rip it up. Um, not rip it up the soybeans, but we're going to definitely go in and try to cultivate. And I think that's where we're at in some situations. You want to talk about telling a farmer bad news, hey, we screwed up. That's it. And I've had a lot of guys kind of go, well, what did I do wrong? And I would say in every scenario that I mentioned, there's some kind of thing that went wrong. Either we waited too long to spray these weeds. Um, they were stressed and we waited too long because they got too big. Um, or, you know, hey, we didn't get a residual down pre. They're there and we let Basically, we screwed up by letting them emerge. Um, I will say my cleanest beans right now got a residual down pre. And when we came back to spray post, um, we missed some lamb's quarter and we missed some velvet leaf, mostly because of how dry and hot it was. We're going to go back in. We'll probably be able to clean that up with Roundup no problem. Not saying that we're not going to make resistant weeds in the future, but more than likely lamb's quarter and uh, velvet leaf pretty easy to take down with Roundup at least right now. So best cleanest beans I got, good residual pre. We came back with some residual post and two modes of action on the weeds that were there. And we, we did a pretty good job. There There's some fields that we might have to go clean up a little bit of grass or some other things that maybe survived application mostly because of weather. Uh, but those fields are clean. Now, where we didn't get pre-down, that's my biggest issue. Um, and I, I, I really think, you know, our, our scary thing is, you know, and the scariest thing to me is I had one farm where we got uh, we got a pretty good residual down. We came back with Roundup and Enlist and no residual on that second pass. This That's scary as heck because those, those water hemp in those fields are thick and they did not die. I took pictures of the root, and you can see that root swelling from uh, the growth regular application, and they're basically showing that they're going to come back, and they're not dead. Um, so now what are we going to do? We're going to back with Enlist. Yeah, so Enlist um, and Extend. Both herbicides have their holes. I really think that we can't rely on that technology. At the same point, we, we were going to have to. Um, glyphosate and glufosinate, uh, to, to a lesser extent, I think we can, we can still use them. Um, but realize that if I'm going after grass, I really kind of want to lean towards the glyphosate part of it. 
if I'm going after broadleaves, we're going to try to lean on the glufosinate part. And we are going to really shoot ourselves in the foot with extended enlist because we're going to rely on those more than what we should be. Um, it, it's really scary to me when we start seeing weeds survive those applications. And it's it's not necessarily because they're resistant to 2,4-D or to camping here yet. I really don't think we're at that point. I think a lot of it's based on weather. So what do we do in the future? I think we got to get calendarized as far as our spraying goes. Literally, we're going to put a pre down within 30 days after that pre. I want to come back with a residual post. Um, more often than not, we're not going to run into a 2021 situation where we're actually going to get some rain to activate this stuff. But we need to come back with overlapping residuals, regardless of weed size, uh, regardless, or let's, let's just say, not necessarily weed size, weed presence. Um, regardless of soybean size, we're going to calendarize our spring. And it's a really tough shell to crack with a lot of guys. And I don't think it's going to go over very well the first year or two. I think after this year, the scary thing for me is we're going to have this short-term memory, which is, is something that plagues us in the agricultural industry. Um, this isn't putting down farmers. I do some of the same thing. But one of the biggest problems we run into is we, we have a problem in 2021. We combine, we harvest, and then we start working on budgets for next year. And then we're like, hey, I'm not going to spend an extra 20 bucks on weed control and soybeans. The heck do I do that? Soybeans are worth less than corn. You know, they're, they're kind of a secondary crop. Yeah, that's where we're going to have problems. So we really need to have these plans now and, and develop them now for next year. And that's that's where uh, I've changed a little bit as far as my necessarily management style, but my my presentation style that I, I work with with growers and what we're we're more assertive this year. And when we're talking talking with guys and when we're looking at these fields. We're finding problems, and and to me, instead of in the past where maybe, hey, this is where we made a mistake this year, um, let's try to fix it. This year, we're saying, hey, we made a mistake this year. There's literally almost nothing we can do other than bring a cultivator out here. Next year, we are going to have to have X, X, and X, and that's the way we're going to go. This is it. This is what we're going to do for next year. We're going to commit to this, and we're going to make it work. I did that with a grower last year, and this year he has the cleanest beans out of anybody in the entire area. And it, it is immaculately clean. I did the nicest beans I've seen. We didn't use Enlist. We didn't use Extend. We basically just overlapped those residuals, and it, it worked great. And it's still working great. And I really think that everybody can get to that point. But it's going to take a step change and kind of a mindset change to get to that point. It always takes that one disaster year before somebody gets their mind changed on how they're going to do things. I think 2021 is going to be that year, but the biggest problem is going to be getting out and, and talking to guys and making sure that they understand, hey, we had an issue. We need to make a management change for next year and the years following that. Um, so now let's do one real quick story before I end this. Today I walked a uh, bean field. Same thing. You know, we're dealing with water hemp issues. We always continually forget about corn production. And, you know, I've talked about this before. I've, we've talked to our customers and our, our knowledge base basically about this. We need to make sure we're getting good weed control of corn. Um, there's a field I posted on Twitter today. Go to my Twitter, uh, at agron underscore guy, agronomy underscore guy. Um, I posted a couple pictures. Literally, it is three rows of water hemp, and three rows over, there is nothing. 
Last year, there was a nozzle or two plugged on the sprayer. Uh, when I was there calibrating, you could see it. It was, it was a freaking mess. It was full of water hemp. This year and this year's beans, no pre-down. Uh, trying to come back with Warren Ultra and Roundup. You can see exactly where that was. And I, I literally drove down the road and stopped my truck about where I thought it would be. And boom, there it was. This is going to be a major issue. So we need to get away from this early post-spraying, guys. And I know it's... It's another step change. We need to go with either two passing corn or one pass pre. And if we got to go in there and clean it up, we're going out with Roundup and Dicamba if water hemp is present at all, or glyphosate if we're just going after grass and maybe some very susceptible broadleaves. But we need to get away from this one pass early post programs. And we just, we can't let these weeds, uh, we can't let them germinate. And we have too many struggles and we get one year like this year where we have, we have basically crap weather and we can't either A, get out there and spray on time or B, we get out there and spray all we want, but it's really tough conditions and we're not going to kill everything. It's, it only takes that year and, and we have an explosion. And literally the guy that this was with said, I have never had water hemp issues in the past. Where did this all come from? And literally it is, you know, one field of his, there was one patch of it. The weed control wasn't great two years ago. They combined it with the headlands and the soybeans spread across the field. The entire field's covered in water hemp this year. Now you go the other way. There's a little bit of a spray escape in corn last year. Boom, it's in the beans this year because the corn last year. And we were part of that study in 2018 or 2019 in Wisconsin where we pulled samples from or combines, uh, heads, uh, sieves, um, from the feeder house, grain tank, and they grew them in the greenhouse. Roundup resistant water hemp was in there regardless of what crop was in it. So we're spreading these weed seeds all over the place. We got to do a better job. So anyway, that's the end of this one. And I hope you enjoyed my lovely time of telling farmers bad news. You know, I, I'm definitely more hireable than I was when I was uh, coming out of school at 22 or 23. So anyway, I'll catch you guys next time.